It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, folks, and we're back with another edition of the Missouri Liberty Report. Thanks so much once again for joining me. And this week, um, actually, let me let me stop for a second. Just real quick, a reminder, because I don't do this every week. If you are watching this live stream or if you watch it later or you are downloading this podcast or have found this for the first time in any podcasting app that you use, make sure you hit that like and follow button for me. Or if you're uh, YouTube, follow, subscribe, um, so we can keep pushing the message of freedom and liberty here in the state of Missouri. But without further ado, so this week I am pleased to be joined by a, a woman by the name of Angela Romine. She is running for Missouri Senate out of District 30, uh, Republican, uh, Republican side. So, Angela, how are you this evening? Fantastic. How are you? Doing well. So I guess to get started, um, go ahead and introduce yourself and give us a little of your uh, a little bit of your background and and basically why you chose to run for Senate here in the state of Missouri. Sure. So I'm Angela Romine, and um, um, I'm an Army brat. My dad was in the Army, and we moved around a lot. And I joined the Army for three years. Met my husband. Uh, he was in the Army. So we are very pro-military. And uh, one of the things that I remember uh, that I took to heart was our oath to protect the Constitution from foreign and domestic. So uh, the shutdown happened, and I was considered non-essential, and I took my happy butt home and shut down. And two weeks later, I was like, (gasps) I was disgusted at myself. I just gave up my freedoms with no ifs, ands, or buts, and I was really sickened. I was sickened. So um, in October of that of the shutdown year, um, I was looking on Facebook, and I saw somebody post, I wish that somebody would challenge every single city council seat here in Springfield, Missouri. And I felt like it was a punch in the gut, God telling me that was something I had to do. So <clears throat> I uh, prayed about it for a few hours, and then I called my husband into the room, and I said, honey, I think... God is telling me to run for city council, and without skipping a beat, he said, do it. And I never looked back. So I ran for city council here in Springfield, and I won. And so uh, I was the only conservative voice 
on city council and it was I found joy in being the voice of the conservatives here that never get heard. But it was also frustrating that I could never stop any of the insanity that city council was pushing. So in August of last year, uh, grassroots people started approaching me to consider running for state senate. And I said, let me pray about it. So I did. <clears throat> and I started looking at um, Lincoln Huff's voting record. And I kept feeling that punch in the gut again that God was telling me that I needed to do this. Because, again, um, we need to do whatever we can to stop the line from moving more left and more left and more left. So um, I decided to go ahead and file. And I vacated my seat immediately after I filed from uh, for the state Senate. And I sacrificed uh, my city council seat. And I'm willing to sacrifice anything that, we, that I have to. Uh, and I say that because if... Uh, when I win, I will probably have to shut my business because I'm a one-woman show. I've been in business for over nine years, but to me, it's something that I would have to let go in order to turn this country around, turn the state around, and turn Springfield around, and I'm happy to do that. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, I think your story is, uh, I, I shouldn't say common, but I think it's a story that we're starting to hear because of the lockdowns and shutdowns in 2020 and 2021. I think it got a lot of people motivated to say, hey, here I am minding my own business and my government is telling me that I have to close my doors or I can only operate a certain capacity if I'm a restaurant or I'm, you know, to be picked whether you're essential or, or non-essential. I think that was yeah, a very eye-opening to people that say, hey, you know, I paid a business license too. I did, I've done all these things and I have customers, repeat happy customers, and you're telling me I'm not essential to the economy and to the people around me. Yeah, I can understand how that would be a punch in the gut. And and since, you're, since we're on this subject and you're talking about uh, being on a city council in Springfield, mm-hmm. um, what, I mean, is that, I, I know you said you're <laughs> pleased with, you know, winning and being on a seat, but how frustrating has it been for you when you're up against uh, a mindset like what we've seen around the country where, again, saying certain people are essential, non-essential, some of these other political agendas that when you look at, if you've got more than two brain cells to rub together, you tell, you know, it's not following a line of logic. What's that? Has that been a big battle for you? Or um, are are you getting a lot of support from people who wouldn't normally, people. you know, voice their concerns. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, the battle here really started when I spoke up against the health department um, director. I asked her to, if she could stop villainizing people that did not want to get the vaccine, I thought they had valid concerns. And um, I, her and I went back and forth friendly, I mean, cordial, I should say, uh, for about 20 minutes or so. And um <clears throat> You know, the newspaper here villainized me, of course. I was an anti-vaxxer, and I kept stressing, I've never told anybody not to get the vaccine. What I said is that it should be a choice. And so, you know, I 100% support people that have gotten it, and I 100% support people that haven't. And so, um, you know, I thought it was important for uh, people that are supposed to represent their community, their constituents. You know, we had a lot of healthcare workers leave in droves because the hospital was forcing them to do something that they didn't want to do. 
And I got villainized for showing up at a rally that they had because they were upset at their employer. And again, I, I believe that it should be a choice and nothing should be forced onto somebody that uh, doesn't want to do something that they don't want to do. So, um, you know, the attacks were, I, I looked at it kind of like, you know, I didn't get a chance to fight in uniform. So this was my fight out of uniform. Like I'm, I'm still focused on protecting people's rights, whether that's um, in, in uniform in city council or in state Senate, the role of government is supposed to protect our civil liberties, our God given rights. And that's what I intend to do. And that's what I was doing on city council, you know, and, um, there was joy in, again, being the voice of the people. I mean, I had so many people call me and text me and email me. They were sending me scripture. They were telling me, thank you so much for being my voice. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. I even had Democrats reach out to me saying thank you for saying that we should not be villainized for not taking the vaccine. So because minorities were also very skeptical on getting the vaccine. So I've have had a lot of people support in Springfield, even though it looks like I'm the minority on city council or that I was the minority on city council. You know, I mean, honestly, that's pretty good when you can get someone on the opposite side of the uh, political, you know, aisle or, or, you know, whatever word you want to use there to call you and thank Mm -hmm. you for saying, hey, you know, I might be this, you know, might adhere to this political party, but I still think my party is doing these things wrong and and getting thanks because that's hard for a lot of people to do on either side of the aisle when someone does the right thing to say hey thanks for doing that we um in fact um the missouri freedom initiative here um we actually had to call democrat senators for fighting against hb hbr or hjr 79 which is on the ballot initiatives and it was going to make it super hard to get anything on the ballot um, because mm-hmm. of the way they had written the language and um, what we were trying to get across to senators was saying, hey, you know, if we have people like certain people in the House of Representatives right now who who balk and, and basically just sideline the three most popular bills in the state and decide because they're the House floor leader, they're not going to move them off the calendar, that sometimes we still need a, a way a, a you know a runaround of our government a way to get bills that people want on the ballot and allow people to vote for them so we we had to thank some democrats which is <laughs> that's not very commonplace <laughs> um so um let me ask you this um i've got some questions here from uh scott he he wants to know what your stance is on the second amendment preservation act well um I actually had a, we have a, a local guy here in Springfield uh, that really talks about the constitutionality of a lot of the bills. And his thing was, it's already a right. We don't need another right to, or another bill to protect a right. And I had a conversation with him this weekend because I'm like, I feel like we kind of sort of do because people have forgotten what our actual rights are, that we almost have to double down on what they are. And so um, I was very supportive of the uh, Second Amendment Preservation Act, because I think that we need to do everything we can as a state to protect ourselves from uh, federal government overreach. 
Yeah, that that's something. I mean, that's uh, the Missouri Freedom Initiative here. That's some that's a bill that they I mean, now I am just now beginning to be associated with them and work with them. They worked on this before I did. The only thing I did was I I uh, interviewed the author of that bill, but that's something that they pushed for very, very hard and it was 8 years of work to get that done. Um Okay, so they've got another question here. Uh, what's your thoughts on civil asset forfeiture? Uh, actually, that is something I'm still kind of looking into. Um, um, is that where you forfeit your personal property? Yes, uh, before actually, um, before you're actually found guilty in a court of law, they can still decide to take you know money, cars, houses whatever, just because you supposedly committed a crime without you being found guilty, they can still seize your property and then sell it and keep the funds. Yeah. Uh, I'm still looking into that um, from the sounds of it, uh, just off, like, from the little that I have looked into, I'm not in favor of that because you're not, you're innocent of proven guilty and that's always been known. So you should not lose your property prior to being found guilty. So, <clears throat> you know, and after that still, I mean, you, it's still technically your property. I don't understand about confiscating everything, but, you know, if you do bad, you should be uh, punished and serve your, your sentence. And But prior to, do, prior to being found guilty, no, I, I don't believe that that's what it should happen. Okay. And that's, you know, the same, the same thing with the red flag laws, right? They want to confiscate your guns without, any question just because somebody says that you are not in your right mind. Well, <laughs> you can, anybody can be vindictive enough to say, well, they need it. They're con- confiscated. Well, no, or confiscated. No, that's not how it is. You have to prove that they are not sound of mind. And, you know, and you have to have that proof. That person is innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, that's, um, I, 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 I just heard an article today, um, or I heard about an article today where the governor of New York is going to assign a new task force after the the shooting in Buffalo, and she's assigning a new police force to monitor and look for, you know, domestic terrorists on social media and the Internet using, red, you know, the, the uh, red flag laws. So that's, that's something that we definitely don't want to see in Missouri. <clears throat> and, I, 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 you know... I would think when we when they passed SAPA, I would have really thought that a lot of law, a lot of law enforcement would have been in favor of it, uh, simply because, you know, l- local law enforcement shouldn't want to play, you know, footsies with uh, with the feds. I know there's a lot of money tied up in that, and I lo- you know the promise of money because of uh, busts or whatever. But yeah, yeah, again, the ATF and and these agencies trample all over everybody and our local law enforcement and especially our sheriffs who are the you know the highest ranking law enforcement in the state of Missouri should definitely not be playing footsies with the feds but you know I I digress so um let me ask you about what are your thoughts on getting rid of um the personal property tax that's one of my pet peeves mine too um for several reasons. First of all, you you buy the property and you pay sales tax, and to be penalized in, until you sell that property to have to pay to keep it is to me ridiculous. 
And so, and that to me, that also goes for, you know, home property tax because, uh, especially our elderly who retire and are fixed income. So that's one of the things I was actually going to be, I'm going to be doing some uh, little sh- short videos and posting them on my Facebook page. But one of the ones that I wanted to talk about was when I was on city council, listening to the budget, uh, the director of the budget committee uh, was talking about how we needed to diversify our revenue source as a city, because most of our revenue comes from um, uh um, sales tax. And so um, I was appalled when he's like, we need to look at maybe diversifying and, and going to property tax. And I'm sitting there thinking, so when the downturn of the economy comes around, what you're saying, I didn't say this out loud, I thought about it, but I'm like, what you're saying is that the people are supposed to not only worry about making ends meet because in a downturn economy, you know, people lose jobs, people lose hours, and now you're going to put the pressure of them possibly losing their home because it, you're going to up their property taxes if they can't afford to pay for their, their property taxes. Like, and, and, and then I realized all they care about is making sure that they have enough money. They don't care about if you have enough money to live. So that's where I stand on that. My pet peeve, too. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things a lot of people have made the, the, the point that you're basically renting your property from the government. And, and you you know, mm-hmm. if you've paid for it, you know, and it, it's um, I know that I've had random conversations with people and we talk about this and they say, you know, they'll say something about, well, I paid off my house and now I own it. And I have to tell them, no, you don't. And they look at you kind mm-hmm. of funny and I say, well, what happens if you don't pay your property taxes? Well, they tell them to take your house. Mm-hmm. I said, exactly. Then you don't own it. If, if they have the ability to take your property from you because you didn't pay your extortion fee, then you never own your house. So that's that's a problem. Um, now, I know we do have um, some senators, um, I think Bill Eigel and a couple others who are also looking at eliminating the Missouri income tax. What would your thoughts be on eliminating the income tax in Missouri? <clears throat> well... That's part of the party, uh, party platform is a lower taxes. So I do think that we need to do something with our state income tax. Um, you know, obviously we had a surplus this year, so that should say something. Um, and well, and then back to the, the whole budget thing. The other thing that I realized was all they're focused on is uh, making sure that they have enough funds, but never once have they said, where are we wasting money? Where can we save taxpayer money? so that we don't have to look at raising people's taxes. So, you know, and that's one of the things I said, you talk to me about where to cut corner or not cut corners, but where to cut the budget. And then I'll talk about maybe uh, siding with you on a tax hike if we can make ends meet. But until I see something go away, nothing is going to change. I voted no on that budget for that reason. So I think the same thing goes for the state income tax. Um, you know, we, we do have to pay for things, but I think we need to reevaluate how everything is being spent and how it's, how are we managing or mismanaging people's money? Absolutely. Because, uh, that, you know, it's something I tell my listeners a lot. It's, it, you know, it must be nice to be government because when government runs short of funds, they can demand more from you. But, you know, if you did the same thing, if you went down your block to your neighbors and said, Hey, I'm going to, um, I'm a little short this week. I'm going to need you to cough some dough up. Well, you're going to jail. 
for (laughs) attempted theft. So (laughs) it must be awful nice just to be able to demand money at will and expect people to pay it. And when they don't, you, you know, by use of force, they'll, they'll put you in jail. So it must be awful nice to just be able to take people's money. I'm trying to think of other. So is there anything else? Well, what are some things, I guess you should frame it this way. What are some things that you would like to work on if you're elected to the state Senate? What are some things that you would like to see worked on for the state of Missouri? Well, uh, really to getting back to the basics, uh, you know, I want to be able to have one um, subject bills instead of trying to cram everything that Mike could possibly deal with schools. Uh, I heard our, our talk, uh, conservative talk radio host this morning saying that, you know, they're putting water issues and things like that because the water pipes go through the school. So that, that is a school issue. No, it is not. You're just reaching out to try to get all these things that could possibly fall under schools um, that have nothing to do with actual schools. So, you know, keeping things simple because the, the, the constitution, the Missouri constitution and the U S constitution are supposed to be for the everyday average citizens. We're supposed to understand bills. And right now you try to look at a bill and figure out what they're trying to say. And then they use it against you. Right. So every, Everything could be bad on that bill except for one sentence. And if you vote no on it, they villainize you. Oh, see, you didn't want this one thing. Well, because the whole other bill was horrible. So I'm not going to pass a horrible bill just to pass this one good thing. We need to make it as simple as possible so that average citizens can understand, but also so that we can vote the way we need to on each individual issue. And, you know, the issues that really bother me that didn't get through this time was CRT or whatever you want to, however they want to name it, if you start saying that somebody's oppressing you, uh, it's frustrating to me <laughs> when, when I start hearing that kind of language. You know, when it, it's based on your skin color or your or your gender, it has nothing to do with that. It should be about your character and your merit. And uh, that's one of the things my dad taught us when we were young. Um, you know, most of my family's from Mexico, and he would say, Angela. Some people are going to look at you. Some people, he didn't say all people, not all white people. White people are bad. He said some people are going to look at you and think that you are less than them because you're Hispanic and you're a woman. He's like, but I'm telling you, work hard and prove them wrong. Don't care what they say. And that's how I've lived my life. So bad things happen to me and I never go, oh, it's because I'm Mexican. Oh, it's because I'm a woman. (laughs) Bad things happen to me because bad things happen to people. Jerks are jerks and that's what I name them. So Whatever kind of philosophy that CRT is, no matter what you name it, that needs to go away. And uh, biological men in uh, women's sports, that needs to be, that needs to happen. Uh, freedom of um, health freedom. You know, people sacrifice their jobs in order to stand up for their individual rights, and we need to protect that. Uh, parents, parents choice that never happened that never passed parents rights never happened parents should know what their kids are being taught and parents should say what or not can go into their children's bodies um to a point because i believe with like um transgender children that if they're not old enough to vote buy guns buy ammo drink they should not be able to make a decision of changing their sex at such a young age yeah. So those are basically the things that I would like to see happen. 
I mean, yeah, I I don't like CRT. Um, you know, my my personal opinion is I'd like to see the Department of Education just wiped out and, and yeah. bring, bring it down to as local of level as possible. And, you know, you're talking about the transgender issue. I mean, I heard today um, a school district, and I cannot remember where, but there was, I guess, a few middle school boys who didn't say the right pronoun, and these schools are trying to, or the school is trying to have them prosecuted for sexual harassment. And, yep. you know, I, I heard that. Oh, it just, <laughs> it, it eats well, me alive. And to me, oh, I know. And the thing is, you know, that's the other thing that we need to do, right? We need to go back to uh, push, uh, pushing back in a loving way. You know, I feel bad for these people that uh, uh, struggle with their identity, right? But to me, it's like, anorexia and bulimia you can't just say oh it's okay you, you know you think you you think you look fat even though you're skin and bones so we're just going to let you do what you do and mutilate your body and possibly die because people die from these diseases right uh these uh um so i i, I think that we need to start um educating people on what that looks like and loving people we can love them but we we can't help them by loving them, we, that doesn't mean that we just let them do whatever they want to do in this in this uh, arena because it's very detrimental to the, to the children's health. Once you're an adult, you're an adult and you can do whatever you want. But as a child, your body's still growing. That's why children can't drink, right? Their brains de- don't de- finish developing until they're in their 20s. So that's why 21 is the age. And so, you know, if you're not old enough to drive a car if you're not old enough to do all these other things that if you you know if you can commit a crime and be uh charged as a child because you don't know what is good and bad those are all reasons why you are not able to make that decision yet so grow up finish growing up and 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 seek help you know uh, counseling and uh to talk about your emotions and what you're feeling but you should not be given blockers and you not and and people we should not we should not be afraid to say he and she because of what they look like just like you know um it's like me demanding somebody to say well you need to say god bless you every time i you you say hi to me oh you know hi god bless you because i believe in god so you should say god bless me to me (laughs) no because i'm making you do something you don't want to do you may not believe in god and that is wrong. So it's wrong to demand somebody to call you something that they don't see. And it's not on purpose most of the time. But again, a man is a man and a woman is a woman. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a biologist, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure you're right. Um, <laughs> the science is there. <laughs> yeah, the science is there. You're absolutely correct. The science is there. Um, yeah, I, know, I do know that they were pushing for some bills uh and it had been working on things. Um, I want to say HB, uh, the people in the, in the live group will let me know. HB 2009 was a bill, one of the bills held back by our esteemed blocker, the blocker. He didn't. Now, that was simply a bill that said if a parent doesn't want their child to have certain immunizations, that they could just, you know, fill out a form. It would be on the health Depart- or Department of Health's website. And give it to the school and say, I don't want my child to have, you know, X, Y, or Z immunization. And that was it. And that was one of the Mm -hmm. bills that they just absolutely, well, what they did was 
they brought it to the floor and he and Rudy Veet mangled the bill. And so it just killed it right there because everybody's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing? That was Susie Pollock's bill. Um, they actually, they absolutely, I mean, horrifically mangled it. And they did it on purpose because they didn't want to see it go through. That's one of the three most popular bills. That bill. Um, and I, did you hear about, it was, I, I believe it was House Bill 2118. That was the Stand Your Ground Enhancement Act. I want to ask you about this because that bill stated, if you would use self-defense uh, against an attacker using a firearm or what have you, mm-hmm. instead of having to inject self-defense into your jury trial, you would simply go in front of a judge and the state... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, or, you know, the uh, prosecutor or whoever has to prove that it wasn't murder that it was you know they have to prove it wasn't self-defense they have to prove you tried to murder what are your thoughts on that because i think that's outstanding you know i thought so too um again you're innocent until proven guilty so you know they they have to be able to prove that you tried to murder someone i actually talked to uh, a, a former police officer on that subject because i wanted to know why the police officers were not in favor of this and um, he's like, well, I understand about innocent until proven guilty, but, um, you know, anybody can say it was self-defense and, and get out of something. And I said, no, because they can technically do that now. I mean, technically, they can use, I'm crazy. <laughs> you know, they will try to find reasons to abuse the uh, defense that they, to defend themselves, right? So I said, but why do you have to prove that you didn't murder somebody when you're trying to protect yourself? I mean, it's not, to me, it's already a traumatic issue when you get to that point where you have to point a gun and shoot somebody to defend yourself. And now you have to prove to somebody that it wasn't self-defense. I mean, it's, to me, that's guilty until proven innocent. And that's not the way uh, it's meant to be. You're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. Right. That, and, uh, and that's what I told the, the officer. Well, one of the guy, one of the guys in the Missouri Freedom Initiative asked. Um, I don't remember who they asked if it was a, if it was a, a state rep or what. I think it was a state rep, and he's like, "Well, uh, you know, prosec- uh, the state just doesn't have enough resources to prove uh, it one way." And he's like, "So you think people just got inordinate amounts of money to throw at defense attorneys to prove that it was self-defense like it was one of the dumbest things he had heard because like the state has way more money to throw and resources to throw at a trial to convict you of murder more than most people you know would have to throw it in a a defense attorney to prove their innocence i was i was like what is what is going on here absolutely see see there again that they're looking at putting the burden on the citizen not on themselves. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway. 
<laughs> so we got another question because uh, what was oh boy I'm failing here I can't remember the name of the bill twenty seven HB twenty seven oh four which was Representative Hicks bill on legal or legalizing recreational marijuana and expungement of nonviolent offenses what are your thoughts on a bill like that well um, that's kind of where. I'm more on the it shouldn't be legalized just because, you know, I just heard, uh, I, I listened to a lot of different podcasts, and today I was hearing about uh, a prosecutor who decided not to go after people that, what, what was it? Well, I think it was drugs, actually, as, as a matter of fact. Uh, not to go after people that are dealing drugs, doing drugs, anything with drugs. She was just going to not go after them and because she was trying to keep the population in the prison down, uh, whatever state she was in or city she was in uh, because of COVID. And so she's like, okay, we're not going to, we're not going to prosecute these people. Well, uh, she found out that the, um, the prison population actually went up and she's like, how can that be when I'm not charging anybody for drugs? you know, we should have less people. And so the point, uh, so she ended up changing her mind and going after the drug uh, people so that, you know, once you start giving leniency here, they find other things to do. Well, now they have to fund their uh, habit. Now I know that this is a little bit different because you're legalizing that, but I I think that's a slippery slope. Uh, You know, for medical issues, I believe that uh, like CBD oil would be better without the side effects of uh, the THC um, because I do believe in in natural ways to heal the body. But I don't believe that we have to have the actual THC to get the benefits of the plant. So with with marijuana, I just, that's probably where I kind of like, I don't know that I like that. Okay. Well, I, hey, I appreciate your honesty. We're, we're going to agree to disagree on that because deal. I, well, and, and here's and here's and I'll, and I'll be honest. Here's where I'm coming from because I have um, <clears throat> my mom has Parkinson's, and I have a couple other family members with um, debilitating type of uh, health issues, and um, mm-hmm. you know the CBD does minor amounts of good. <clears throat> What actually helps with um, the medical marijuana? Now, here's the thing. Um, You know, there's so many different strains now. It's freaking crazy. It's just weird to me. But um, they do have some that are very high in CBD and very low in THC. And what that does is apparently there are receptors in the brain. And that little bit Mm -hmm. of THC will help uh, the body use the the chemicals more effectively than if you, because they offer CBD with no THC, <clears throat> but a lot of studies are finding if there's no THC in it, it's not real effective for people who have, again, a debilitating uh, disease. And um, so again, here's the problem with marijuana. Here's my problem with this whole issue uh-huh. is you have two sides that are combating and there is so, uh-huh. there is so much conflicting information out there I think for a lot of people, it's hard to figure out what's right and what's wrong, what's actually factual, and what is uh, this 
emotional knee jerk like, oh, if they start smoking weed, then the next thing you know, they're shooting up heroin. There's there's so much conflicting stuff out there. And it's like, you know, I, I just I'm just the sort of person that says, you know what? Now, here's where I stand. If you choose, I don't care what I don't I don't care what drug it is. I don't I don't care what drug you decide to use. You use it. That's your choice. Now, if you harm anyone else in the process, you're in deep doo-doo. If you're only harming yourself, okay. But if they're given that leniency, the problem is the government will want to step in and cure that, you know, send them to rehab facilities. And the taxpayers still get left on the hook for it. If we're going to do it, whichever way we do it, I do not want government involved. I want churches and I want private organizations helping these people out. The government is not good at helping people heal. They're only good oh, at pretty much doing damage. You know, so <laughs> it's it's one of those things where I've done um, <clears throat> so much reading on the the war on drugs and, and things like that and seen uh, some absolute horrible stories out of it that I'm just kind of done with the whole thing. I thought, this is what we're spending our money on? I mean... Again, law enforcement loves, a lot of them love it because they get, you know, if they do the big bust, they get the money. I think if the federal funding dried up, I think a lot of law enforcement would lose interest in, in the whole shebang because, um, you know, they're, they're spending their resources and trying to get resources from the feds. And if they weren't getting resources from the feds, they'd probably say, yeah, we're not. Again, unless there's harm done. Now, if someone perpetrates a robbery to get drug money, well, now you're going to jail because you stole from someone. Or if you force someone to take drugs at the point of a gun, you're going to jail. It's just, I I have problems with the government um, intervening on on the, what choices people make. Um, Now, I think if you're a pregnant woman and you're using, and then you injure the baby you're carrying, that's a different story because that child, that that fetus is growing inside that woman cannot make the choice. She didn't want her right. mom to shoot up or any of those things. So, yeah, there's a lot of little variables in there. But at some point, man, government's just got to get the heck out of the way. They just, yeah, it's driving me mad. Um, Let me see if there's anything else. I'm trying to see if there's any other because we've covered a lot. Um, so we had rec- self-defense. We covered that with the stand your ground. Uh, okay. Well, so anything else that you want to talk about, Angela? I mean, the floor is open. However, you you know, whatever issue you feel strongly about, just go ahead and voice it. Well, you know, again, like I said, you know, I want to be able to, well, that's one of the things also uh, that I think is motivating me with this is I want to be able to show that average citizens can step up and run for these positions. And so, um, you know, I, I think, you know, for me, it was definitely had to, uh, had to have prayer and make sure that it was part of God's plan for me to do this. And so, um, I didn't want to just make the decision just on my own, uh, my flesh, but, <clears throat> but I, I want to be, uh, uh, kind of a forerunner for people to say, you know, if, if Angela Romine can do it, guess what? I can do it. You know, I can get involved. And, and I think that's the other thing I see too is, you know, like you said, people are starting to wake up 
Uh, and I was, and I was one of those people. I thought that I was doing uh, my uh, my civil right, uh, civil uh, duty by just going to be an educated voter. And that was gradual. You know, before I used to just vote on the president, and I didn't know anything else on the ballot. And I was like, "Eeny, meeny, miny, mo." And then I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's affecting me. I need to stop that and look what's going to happen." And so then I started looking and reading, you know, the the whole ballot. But it would still just be like the main, the presidential, and the and maybe the primary or the midterm. Um, and then it started hitting me. Oh wait, <laughs> city, city, it, it's important. So I'm going to start voting all the things. So I started looking and keeping an eye on all the the times that we're supposed to be voting. And I I'm doing my research, making sure that I'm trying to pick pick the best candidates that I think, and voting, you know, for the the propositions that are on there and things like that. And uh, but like you said, the shutdown really woke people up like, oh, I need to be more involved. And, you know, uh, we can sit on the couch and complain and cry and be angry and miserable. Or we can look at who's running or who's considering running and, and getting behind them or running ourselves and getting, you know, trying to get people motivated. You know, you, you can, like I said, I'm willing to sacrifice whatever it takes to, to do what needs to happen. Um, so we all need to, we all need to sacrifice something, whether that's time or money, uh, and things like that. So, you know, we are, we, the people and, and we want to hold these, um, um, representatives and state senators accountable are, our representatives, you know, we, I want to be able to look at that representative and say, Hey, I donated to your campaign and I told people to vote for you and you're not voting the way I want you to. So guess what? I'm angry and you've lost my vote and I'm going to start telling people what you're doing and holding, that's how you hold them accountable. I, you know, most of these uh, actual quote unquote people that make this a career, they look for the money. So they don't care about what the citizens are saying because they're funded already, right? They have uh, uh, pharmacies, uh, pharmaceutical companies giving them money. You have teachers unions giving them money. You have the chamber giving them money. And they have money all day long. And your average citizen that wants to run and represent the people, it's very hard to get money. But I, what I say is that way you, the citizen, can be can be responsible and hold that person accountable the more active you can get into these campaigns and getting behind somebody that you feel passionate about. Yeah, you've, you've and, made... And just, Go oh, ahead. Go and ahead. just one more thing. I was just going to say, and just remembering, you know, the role of government, we forget, the, uh, our representatives forget uh, that uh, the role of government, the number one role of government is to protect our God-given rights. Uh, and and we need to get back to that. We need to remind them and we need to remember ourselves that that's what the role of government is supposed to do. Yeah, well, you make a very good point because I was the same way. I used to only worry about the presidential elections. I didn't care much about the local elections until I started looking at more and then hearing more people talk about um, <clears throat> how much, you know, if you can get your local area fixed and you can get your state fixed. Honestly, if we got our state in order, we could just ignore the feds on a lot of things. We have the ability to nullify at the state level bad federal or unconstitutional laws we have the ability Absolutely. to nullify them and um you know i the i used to do a podcast called the push for liberty and i and i focused on a little bit of state issues 
and more on nationwide or even worldwide issues. And it got to the point where I was like, the Fed's just, the federal system seems like it's unfixable. It's just, it's so, it's it's just in a state of ruin. I don't know that you'll ever fix it. But our state, as bad as it can be sometimes, we're a lot better than another uh, than other states. So why not focus energy on our state and local governments getting getting those houses in order and then again we can just kind of tell the feds to go take a hike because we we don't need to depend on them for their money. We don't have to listen to them on gun laws or health, you know, health choices for uh parents or kids or whatever. We can fix those things right here in-house and and literally just nullify awful, unconstitutional um, federal laws. So I'm, I'm glad you made that point because um, I think it's something that a lot of people still have to wrap their brains around that, you know, the, the, the presidential elections, is especially here in the last two decades, it's gotten everybody's gotten so much more divided between left and right, and um, there's this huge battle, and sometimes at the governor's spot, but a lot of state legislator, you know, that whole thing just kind of gets left by the wayside. We've got to educate people to understand that, hey, you get the right people in your state houses, and a lot of your, now, again, you have to guard that precious jewel of liberty. It doesn't matter who you vote for. Absolutely. You mm-hmm. still have to pay attention but it sure does help to have people who listen to you and when a bill, the three most popular bills actually hit the floor and can pass through the House and the Senate and to the governor's office because it's the will of the people and you've taken a big step in the right direction. Right. Absolutely. I, 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 and I totally agree with that. And I think that that's one of the things that we miss, you know, um, we forget. Um, you know, and that's uh, another thing, you know, I listen to uh, a lot of Charlie Kirk. And so, um, you know, he talks about the the um, white churches should get involved. That's another thing, right, where churches are not supposed to get involved in politics. Well, you know, the, the Constitution says that the people that have the authority are we the people. So when churches quote uh, in the Bible where it says submit to your authority, the authority is we the people. We have the we have the right to vote people in and vote people out. And so, um, you know, I'm actually taking uh, the introductory to Hillsdale's uh, Constitution class. I know that it's not the Missouri Constitution, and I've, I'm running for state uh, Senate, but I think that, you know, it, to really learn and grow and understand what the document is, because sometimes I think we for, uh, we think we know what it says, but it, we really don't. You know, uh, I just got... Uh, educated on why it's not a constitutional right, why it's a God-given right. And it's true, right? It says in in the Constitution that's uh, given to us by our creators. So it, it's not a constitutional right. It is a, a, a God-given right. And so I'm, I'm, you know, learning as I'm going. But we need to do everything we can to learn as much as possible so that we can represent the way we need to. And we can put people in, in, in those positions um, to, you know, and, and learn to hold them accountable for that, that that's what it says. That's what the, the, the Constitution says, and that's what you're supposed to do. And so, and lastly, um, 
I said this during uh, when I ran for city council and sat on city council. I'm like, I am not a leader. I hate that we're looking looking at these people as leaders. We're civil servants. We're supposed to serve the people. And so um, that's the attitude that I'm taking in with me. Yeah, you, you made another important distinction. That's something that uh, I know I've heard other people talk about is we have to get back to saying it's your natural right. The The, the right to self-defense is a natural right. Now, mm-hmm. you can either call it a God-given right or a natural right. Same thing. It's mm-hmm. a natural yeah. right. It's an instinct to protect one's property in life. And so we have to get back, and we have to get away. So Sometimes, yes, yeah, some things are constitutionally given to you, but a lot of it is naturally given to you. It's natural law. I have a question from um, Scott. He said, would you be in favor of of an impeachment or recall process for our general assembly? Uh, yeah, I think so. Because that, that's you know we need to do something when we see people not acting in the best interest to be able to recall them back. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, on city council, I can be recalled. <laughs> So, you know, uh, that people uh, that were against me threatened to recall me. Uh, it didn't happen. I left city council before that happened. But um, um, they definitely had their, their chance, and, and they didn't take it. So, But, you know, look at California when they recalled uh, the governor there, right? They're trying to send a message. We're not happy with what you're doing. And even though he, uh, he won the recall and stayed as governor, you know, he he's on no, – he's put on notice you know people are not happy and when the election comes around you better believe you're going to be out unless you know you keep cheating so (laughs) (laughs) there is that and that's something else i mean what what do you think missouri should do as far as um election integrity as far as laws to protect elections what what are your what are your uh, thoughts on or or maybe some ideas on how to ensure (laughs) election integrity whether it's on state or uh, federal offices? Federal. Well, for state, I think that, I mean, we did take a step in the right direction uh, before the legislation finished their, uh, their session. You know, we did uh, take away the uh, private funding. We did take away the drop boxes um, and uh, voter ID, right? <clears throat> but um, I actually was just listening to our uh, county county clerk last night and he actually had some um, great points I'm trying to think of what they were because I wrote them down and I was like oh I need to remember that that's a good point (laughs) but I think there's still things that we need to look at to make sure that we have uh, as best as we can uh, voter integrity we you know we need to have people feel like that their vote does matter and that it is kept so one of the things that he was saying was, do you mind holding on? Let me let me look at my note real quick because yeah, I know ahead. they were good. Hold on. Go ahead. Oh, that's what it was. Ranked choice voting. <laughs> I'm like, I know it was a good one. Uh, you know, he was talking about how detrimental that would be to our process. So we have people, and, and he said that in the, Democrat uh, uh, state uh, led by Democrats, they don't want it because they know that it's, it's really, really, really bad. But what they're trying to do is come to the red states and push it 
And so um, what happens with a brain choice voting is uh, you pick your top four people, whether they're re- Republican or Democrat, and then if they don't, if your top one doesn't get the most votes, then they go to your second and so on and so forth. So technically it could happen that the person with the least votes wins. And so I don't understand the whole dynamic of that, but that's not how it should be. And I think that we should have a close primary. I, I don't believe that somebody on the other side should be voting on somebody else's um a different party just because they want to mess with the election. I think that also is an issue. And uh, so those are two things that I'd like to see change. Uh, well, the one stops completely. I don't want that ranked choice voting. And the other one, I, I want, we, we need to definitely uh, make our primaries closed. You know, I, yeah, this the 2020 election was a giant fiasco. Um, and, you know, people have to understand that, yeah, that happened at a federal level. It happens at state levels. There was a documentary called, um, oh boy, now I can't remember the name of it, uh, something democracy. But basically they were going around talking about the Diebold uh, voting machines and they were showing different states on both sides of the aisle were getting votes they shouldn't. They were showing machine down in Louisiana. This rep lost and she showed where she would touch her name on the screen, but it was, it was uh, when it would push the ticket out, it was showing that she voted for the guy that she was running against. These things, it's just, it's not well publicized, the amount of problems with these electronic voting machines in all these states, whether it's machine malfunction or it's rigged. Um, I think, honestly, I think we need to go back to paper ballots and just say, heck with the stupid machines. Way more secure because you cannot hack into people's brains, not yet anyway. And uh, you can sure as heck secure a, an, a, a, you know, a more secure election that way. Well, actually, you know, um, um, our county clerk brought up that up. He actually says that uh, paper ballots are probably more open to fraud depending on who are the, the judges. And he said the, the one that actually worked the best was the, uh, the hole puncher, but because of what happened in Florida, they got rid of those, but they found out that the reason that they malfunctioned in Florida was because they didn't empty out the paper puncher. So they couldn't punch through, and then they put it into the machine to read and scan, and they couldn't scan it because the punch didn't go all the way through. So he said really that it was less expensive, and that was probably the most secure because the scanner picked up the, the paper puncher, the hole puncher. Hmm. But the, the thing is that evil people will still find ways to try to circumvent anything you put in place. So all we can do is keep trying to tackle and think of the best way to do things. But, yeah, he said, you know, uh, when you're hand counting and looking, uh, he, he talked about a story where uh, uh, somebody that was uh, 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 one of the judges at at the election, she just got um, um, awarded for like 30 years of service or 60 years of service. She's been doing this every year since I don't know when. And she said when she was younger, uh, when they couldn't understand who they, where the dot was, uh, they would put it for the Democrat. And finally, the the watcher called them on the shenanigans, and they ended up dividing. It's fifty-fifty <laughs> on the ones that couldn't understand which way the vote was going. So, 
um, I think there's still, I mean, there is such a thing as human error and you have to go back and, and make sure and double check probably. I, I don't know what that looks like, but I think there's a happy medium somewhere in there. Uh, but I don't know what the right solution is to this machine. But here in Missouri, I, at least here in Green County, our, our system scans what we bubble in. So the only time that it's an issue is when somebody makes a mistake, whether they cross it or try to put it in and, and things like that. that. That's where it gets a little tricky. But if you're doing it right and you circle the, the bubble, it scans it <clears throat> and, uh, and then they count it. They do audit. So I think we have a really great county clerk here that knows what he's doing. And that's the important thing is getting a good clerk. Right. Okay, so those of you in KEYK land, make sure you check out MOLibertyRadio.us. Make sure you check out, uh, look up the uh, Missouri Freedom Initiative on YouTube, online, on Facebook, Twitter, wherever you find them. These people are doing good things for the state of Missouri. And for uh, again, for those of you in KEYK land, thanks so much for joining me this week, and we'll see you again next week.